Hello and welcome back to the Movie Den. I am Luke Taylor. I am the news editor at the Daily Eastern News. And I'm sports editor Adam Tomino. Uh, this week we watched two winter movies, we were saying. They both have snow in them. We watched Snowpiercer and Fargo. Uh, and I don't think I realized until afterward how truly unrelated these two movies are. Yeah, they have snow and that's about it. Um, and of course now it's going to be 60 degrees in a couple of days. Yeah. So maybe not the best timing for winter movies, but whatever. It It's December, and it's going to be 60 degrees. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. Anyway, uh, we're going to start with Snowpiercer, kind of just based on the order we watch them. There isn't really a you know a through line between these two movies. Snowpiercer is a post-apocalyptic movie about all these people who are on a train that is completely self-sustaining, and it just keeps running around and around this track. The entire rest of the world is like frozen over, everything's destroyed, covered in snow. That's why it's Snowpiercer. And the people, the the order of the train cars and who lives in them is like the social classes, sort of. So the back of the train is very much lower class. They don't have good food. They are all like cramped together. Whereas the front of the train is like luxury and they're partying and stuff. Uh, and then the people at the back of the train decide that they want to get to the front of the train and change things. And that's that's the movie uh i enjoyed it i like post-apocalyptic stuff in general the genre definitely has is up and down but i thought this had it did a lot of things about post-apocalyptic movies right Mm -hmm. uh and it was an interesting concept yeah i think post-apocalyptic movies are you can either go like deadly serious with them or you can go goofy with them. And I think I like the goofier ones better. And this one definitely sort of balances it. It's It leans into how weird it is. It definitely yes. does. It it knows it's weird. And I like that. Uh, there are some serious scenes. But uh, overall the movie um, knows that it's a frankly kind of insane concept. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely like of the movies in recent years like post-apocalyptic ones this is one of the higher points yeah in the last so. decade or so there was kind of a kind of an issue where the hunger games got really popular and then that was the popular genre for a bit mm-hmm. but it's not a genre that you can just sort of like throw stuff together and call it a movie so there were a lot of just like really really bad post-apocalyptic movies for a bit there so it was nice to see one that like oh people with uh who are intelligent made this movie and mm-hmm. it's uh, it is trying to do social commentary because that's another yeah. issue. And when you do post-apocalyptic stories that are serious and then they don't have any social commentary, it doesn't it doesn't work with the genre very well, at least mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Yeah, this definitely has commentary throughout. Sometimes it's a little heavier, and you can um. There's one part where like a character says that. They use children from the back of the train up in the front to do, like, labor and keep everything mm-hmm. running. So, like, it's sort of, you know, commentary. It's, it's, definitely not, saying there. Anything, it's not saying anything revolutionary. No. It's not, like, insane. It's but just, it says something. Yeah, it's definitely... That's probably, the, that's probably the maybe the heaviest point in commentary is when they say the people in the back of the train keep the front of the train moving. And right. So it's all, um, you know, like that. Because... With the social commentary, it's kind of weird mm-hmm. sometimes because, like, a lot of the characters driving things are, like, white dudes. Yeah. It so, is a pretty 
so like, they, as like, movies go, you know. So like the poster, the poster boy for the marginalized, downtrodden, back of the train it's people Chris is Chris Evans. Chris Evans, <laughs> like the whitest guy. Which so. is just hilarious. I, I said this while you're watching it. Every movie he's in, he has at least one line that he says like he's Captain America. And it it just <laughs> took me out completely because he was talking to this like guy who's a drug addict and he was trying to get him to go. And he was like, well, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and we are going to save the train. And I was like, oh, alrighty. And he's like, you can either help us or we're going to put you back where we found you. Stuff like that. Like, he's okay. good. He's good in this movie. No, I think he's a good actor. He <laughs> just fine. does that. It's um, it's it's good. There's a lot of ensemble sort of in mm-hmm. this throughout. There's a, um, I probably should look up the names of some of the other actors. I should have done more prep. Yeah, he was definitely the the, he, he's the def- famous. He's character. the main protagonist. He's right. the, probably the biggest name. Little John Hurt is in it. He plays mm-hmm. an old guy at the back of the train who has like a who's like missing an arm and a leg through a backstory that we find out later. Right. And at the front of the train, the guy who made this train is played by uh, Ed Harris, who's been on lots of stuff. He was in Apollo 13, and he's a really good actor. And he's mm-hmm. um, the whole movie is built up to getting to him. Right. And I was like, I kind of thought when they got there, he'd be like, he'd be oh, dead. Yeah, this is like this is like spoilers or whatever. Cause it's this it's stuff like, is kind of important. Yeah, and also it's the movie's like ten years old. Yeah, but just just in case. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it. The whole movie's building up to this, you know, yeah. this, this this reveal of this guy. I really I really thought he might be dead. Yeah, I don't know what I it was. I thought he was going to be dead, or there would be nothing there. Mm-hmm. But said he's there, and it really pays off. I don't want to spoil does. what he says. Some of it's. There's also so weird. Uh, the reason that they've decided to go to the front of the train at this point, there, well, there's two reasons. Uh, they keep getting these little capsules sent back in their food that have different like cryptic messages in them, which at the time that I was watching it and also by the time we got to the end of it, they didn't really mean anything. It was just sort of like water, food. Right. It was just trying to sort of... Blood. It was trying to sort of push... The idea of starting a mutiny. Like, apparently, throughout this train, I think the, the, the people have been there for 17 years. Right. And every once in a while, there's a push from the back to the front, and it gets crushed and stopped and pushed back. And then a few years later, they try again. So it's just sort of um, goes back and forth with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie think, is stylistic. When you see those, yeah, when you see those capsules, you kind of think, oh, it's got to be somebody, you know, Someone's somebody weird. But yeah, and then the other thing, I actually thought it was really interesting. The the thing like that finally pushes them to actually do it is that when when stuff when they run out of stuff on the train they refer to it as being extinct because they can get you know new food or whatever but there are some things you just can't make on a train and they notice that bullets are extinct and they're just carrying guns around and threatening them i just thought that was just like i was like whoa that's so cool they Mm -hmm. you know they uh it's like the like illusion of power over these people in the back of the train that's Mm -hmm later you find out they have more power than you think at first but still mm-hmm. yeah it's um just little fun little details like mm-hmm. there's like some just like there's always goofy lines in movies like this like do you remember what it was like they're like what and they're like earth you know stuff yeah. like that what was green like and all that kind of stuff there's one line where a character is smoking a cigarette and someone's like enjoy that that's the last cigarette <laughs> on earth or something and um, it, it's fun. Yeah. Um, the movie's stylistically pretty cool. Yes. It was made by uh, Bong Joon-ho recently, sort of rose to more fame with Parasite a couple of years ago, winning the Oscar for that. Um, he's really good. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. 
there were a lot of interesting shots. Like they kept doing stuff where people's hands would be moving and you'd follow their hands yeah. rather than like just watching their whole person do stuff, which mm-hmm. was cool to watch. Some things were just a little insane on purpose. Yeah. Uh, like the train goes around a turn and they're like shooting each other through There's different cars of the train. <laughs> It's like and it's an intense scene, but the whole time you're kind of like, "What?" He's perfect. Like there's the character, the Chris Evans character has supposedly never shot a gun. He was like he a was team. seventeen when he got on the train, right? And then he's like on this shooting across the train, this moving vehicle, shooting the bulletproof glass right in front of a guy's skull, like, like near he's, perfect accuracy. Right? It's, 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 this is this is a movie where you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. There's another character who's like a. <laughs> Like a superhero of a martial artist, and we every yeah. time he showed up on screen, we're like, "This guy again!" Knife boy, knife boy. Yeah, he yeah. Just, it's like absolutely could do anything. Was, was also, there's also that one guy who doesn't die. Yeah. Um, and he just keeps getting hurt. And yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he, he gets like stabbed multiple times. And, yeah. Uh, and he just like keeps like like waking up and be like, "Oh man!" And like he keeps going after people. Uh, that's fun. Uh, there is some. It's. It's a pretty violent movie. Yes, it is. It's not. It's occasionally a little graphic, and there's some stuff that's like there's one scene. Well, as they sort of go through the train, every time a door opens to a new car, it almost feels like it gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. Early on, they open a door, and there's just several dozen guys and like looking like SWAT gear with like mm-hmm. axes. Yeah. There's this big fight in this train car, and they go through a tunnel, and, and I think it's it, dark. I think it's less visually act like um, graphic than it is. The thought of it is upsetting. Yeah, and you keep just knowing what's going on. Right, because like, you, like you, there's one where you see a guy like viciously swinging an axe, and he's making yeah. contact off screen, but just his motion is it's like brutal and like right. barbaric looking, and it's very, and they're all trapped in this train car in the dark, and it, that's a that's a very intense little sequence. It's like there. almost hard to watch. It like, is. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's very uh, like visceral and like, yeah. It's 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 almost a little too real. You're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, I it's like it's effective definitely though. Yeah. And then I think at some point they go past that car and they open up. There's like an aquarium and a sushi bar. Yeah. And then one of my favorite. And nothing scenes, bad happens in there really. No, they, they just like eat sushi. They eat sushi and there's like fish swimming around. And there's like manta rays. Yeah. Because like you know the last remnants of humanity are on this train. What do we need? We need a couple of manta rays. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> manta rays are pretty cool. I don't think they plan for the train to be the last remnants of humanity. I'm it not sounded sure. like it was just supposed to be like a cool train. Right. Right. And then but that gets that's all exposition. Yeah. I also and then they get to one of my favorite scenes where they're in the school. Of yeah, the train. one of the cars is like a school for. It has to be like a middle school. Like kind of the kids are look like they're like you know like like yeah. eight seven to ten ish or something. It's just a few kids in there and a pregnant teacher playing an organ and singing a song. And that is where the movie becomes like fully unhinged. I'd say that's the turning point because it's already pretty crazy. And then once you get there, it's just that's yeah. when you realize nobody is in this movie is sane at all. Yeah. And then, and then, then they start. And then there's like nightclubs, and there's like a barber shop and a salon. And it's think, just so good. I think my favorite part is in, in the in the school when they all look out the window, and the teacher's like, "And what happens when we leave the train?" And they all go, "We all freeze and die all together." It's like, oh, what? <laughs> we all die. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And it gets it's uh, it's a ride. Yeah, you know. On a train. Yeah, Whoa. it is. I was surprised I hadn't seen this movie before. I think mm-hmm. nobody told me. I, for some reason, I thought it was about an expedition to um, the Arctic. I don't okay. know who told me that or if I just made that <laughs> up in my head. Um, 
but I uh, it wasn't that, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, and then the second movie we watched Let's take a one eighty to the is movie. yeah very different. Uh, is Fargo the uh, sort of dark comedy from the Coen Brothers? Sort of their looking at their sort of career probably was their first like great movie they made. I think it was like their fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a man who needs money, so he sort of makes this plot to have his wife kidnapped. His father-in-law will pay a ransom to the kidnappers who he hires, and then he splits the money with them. Right. And there's some more layers. Like, he tells them it's going to be an $80,000 right. ransom, but then he actually asks for a million to yeah. keep all... Like, but, like, that's... He that's has, like, he has like three or four different things all running at once. He's a bumbling moron. The thing is, none of them are that complicated. No. Like, that man right there <laughs> is the most complicated one. Yeah. And, and he, he still um, can't do anything right. There's a one point in the movie where, like, he thinks he has a different plan, so he wants to call off the kidnapping, right. and he can't get in touch with the kidnappers. Like and, then his, and then his other plan ends up falling through anyway. This guy can't do anything right. Yeah. He's played by uh, William H. Macy, who's always good. Yeah. Um, I think he got nominated for this for a couple of things. And uh, he's, uh, yeah, everything goes wrong. Uh, the kidnappers um, make some mistakes. A police officer, a pregnant police chief from Brainerd, Minnesota, gets involved who is one of my favorite characters in any movie ever. She's awesome. Uh, Margie, played by Frances McDormand. And they all have uh, the same accent, and Mm -hmm. it's so funny oh i think i, I saw the i think the cohen brothers are from like northern minnesota yeah so they you could you could feel it and everyone's i think half of the words said in this movie are oh geez oh geez okay at one point a character gets shot and as he's <laughs> dying he says oh geez it's like very shakily so yeah. you almost don't catch it <laughs> so good and there were a lot of little phrases that i was like mm-hmm. i think if i was from minnesota i would really i would really get this the, the, all like so the vernacular right. and everything is yeah. just perfect. It's like it's weird. I think a lot of the Coen brothers and other like good writers like this, the characters talk like how real people talk, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like like no one talks at all. Right. It's weird. It's like it's 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 great writing. When you take any of the lines out of context, they feel almost like cartoonish. Mm-hmm. But then when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh yeah, that's a conversation I would have. Yeah. It's 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 one of the. It's, I think it's one of my favorite like screenplays ever i think a good example of that script writing is the scene where you first meet margie and her husband do we do you know his name norm norm uh and they're they're just like sleeping in bed and she gets a phone call to go into the into the office and she gets up and she's like oh don't get up honey and he's like i'll get up and make you eggs and they go back and forth and he clears his throat and makes this awful noise and she just (laughs) sort of like laughs at him like it's whatever and it just feels like very yeah, these two, they've lived together, and they like each other a whole lot, and they're just, yeah, great right. people. Because Norm doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he's a he paints, like, duck pictures for stamps. <laughs> yeah. You know, some, like, contest. And, like, he's in a couple of scenes, and every time a new character comes up, they're like, oh, hey, hey, Margie, oh, hey, Norm, how's the, how's the painting going? Yeah, how's the painting going? Yeah, every, every, it's, uh, there's a lot of these fun little details. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the wife... Who is who is in the kidnapping plot? She's always like furiously stirring something and talking in this chirpy Minnesota voice. Ever or, like, since knitting. You, in ET, you said, "Oh, she's a busy movie mom." Uh-huh. That has been stuck in my head this every a, time I see a yeah, mom on screen. This is a very busy movie yeah. mom. 
Um, she takes it to like a next level. She's watching a show and she's knitting more anxiously than I've ever seen someone knit. Her hands are like going. I'm like, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, she's it's a good character. Yeah, um, she's funny. All, all the all the little characters are good. There's like two like motel prostitutes who have a one scene. They're hilarious. Where they're being interviewed by the by Margie for the investigation. They're so funny. Oh yeah, he's weird looking. He, the little guy was funny looking. Yeah. It's like, oh how? It's like it's in a general sort of way. And then later on in the movie, <laughs> you know said, another character later on says the exact same thing about him. He's just kind of funny looking. Yeah. You know, can you say uh, any you know any details? No, he's you know in a normal in a general sort of way. Guy. Yeah. Uh, it is Steve Buscemi, right. so he's so, he, he's kind of funny watching looking. Watching it, you're like, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, the, the top three, I guess the top three build people would be. William H. Macy, Francis McDormand, and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Who were always good and probably do some of their best. I've Steve seen them Buscemi in a handful of things. Have, like, his, his role is important, but he doesn't have that much screen time. Yeah. He's one of the two, He's like, so kidnappers. This might be some of the best work of his, his career, probably, in this. Yeah. He's so good. Really good. Um, the other, yeah, I can't remember the actor's name who plays the other. Uh, the other uh, criminal, but they have a scene where they're driving into the Twin Cities and uh, Steve Buscemi is talking and trying to make conversation. And the other guy, he's like, hey, you ever been to uh, the Twin Cities? He says, nope. He's like, would it? That's the first thing you said in would hours. It, would it kill you to say something? And he goes on this big thing and he's like, okay, if you're not going to talk, I'm not going to talk either. All right? See so how you like it. Total silence. Just total silence. Absolute silence. And she just keeps <laughs> drawing it out. <laughs> and you never see him stop. The scene cuts to something else. So you just assume he's still going. Yeah. <laughs> it's so um, funny. It's a, yeah, it's a funny movie. It is. It has some a couple of moments that are quite violent in a surprising yes. way all of the murders there are several because it's you know mm-hmm. that kind of movie uh they're all pretty brutal yeah they aren't the, like visually that bad but the climax of the movie is i think pretty iconic at this yeah, point it is. it's pretty gross and it's the worst uh, yeah it's uh <laughs> it's 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 weird to say but it's almost like it's slightly funny it's yeah, for some reason i think okay if you if you aren't aware, this uh, the one this is spoilers. This movie's old. Yeah, uh, it's from the nineties, ninety six or something. The one of the criminals who is still alive because I think he killed the other one uh, is putting one of the dead bodies. I think the the wife, the kidnapped wife. I think it's the other. It's, it was uh, the other uh, guy. Oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, he's putting him through a wood chipper. Yeah. Which is obviously disgusting. Um, and but you're just sort of seeing this like spray of really artificial looking blood yeah, everywhere. That's kind of gross. And then the funny it's part gross. is you see you see a foot sticking up. Yeah, just a sock. and it's just kind of funny. He's like yeah. shoving it down into the thing with like a log, you know. Yeah, and he um, just stops and he leaves it there. It's like what? There's a couple of scenes. There's I think there's two scenes where a character gets shot. And instead of or different characters get shot, it's two different scenes. And instead of like blood coming up, they're wearing like down jackets and like feathers pop up from yeah. the wounds. And it's just kind of me both times. It's all that fun, all that fun little winter details. Yeah. Or there's one scene where a frustrated William H Macy goes out to scrape his windshield. And he starts he's going, he goes faster and faster and faster, and he's like just slams his thing down and like spins and flails around all angry. And he goes and picks it up and keeps scraping right. it off again. That was very realistic scene for uh-huh. uh, the midwest <laughs> really it's uh, uh it's so good yeah it's um very funny and, and silly and also very violent and... yeah i don't again i think the visual until the wood chipping scene the visuals of the violence aren't that bad it's mm-hmm. just conceptually kind of upsetting because there's the only graphic stuff really is a lot of blood yeah you don't tend to see injuries 
Um, mm-hmm. And it all is pretty bright red and fake looking. Yeah. So, like, it's fine, you know. I, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It's your, it's, it's your, you know, as far as a guy getting put in a wood chipper is concerned, it's not super gruesome. Yeah, there you don't <laughs> see very much of the body no. or anything. It's probably as sanitized as putting a guy through a wood chipper can be in a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to see it any less sanitized, though. <laughs> that was awful. Uh, but yeah, for it's definitely like dark humor. Like mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to uh, settle through some weird stuff in that movie. Yeah, but it's it's, really uh, it's it also it's not one of my favorite things about it. It's like I like long movies, mm-hmm. but this movie's like I think like ninety six minutes, or it's like yeah. it's, it's not very long. It's it, nice. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel drawn out. It, 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 nice. it might not make a lot of sense, but it feels like one of those movies that would be long. You know, I have a bunch. You know, and it, there's so many moving parts to the plot, and we're, mo- we're following so many different people. It seems like it would get super dry. Like, I'm not sure if they cut anything from it. Mm-hmm. It's if they did, it was it was, it was good. Right choice, it has yeah. ever the movie has everything you need in it. Mm-hmm. There's no extra details. I feel like if it, if a movie like this were to be any longer, it would start to get kind of tedious by the end. Yeah, because it's just every scene. There's just something new. Mm-hmm new twist to the plot so like so. an hour and a half is all you really can can take at that and have a good time yeah it's just it's uh, perfectly done it's it's mm-hmm. the, the the screenplay is perfect it's shot well it's edited well mm-hmm. it's just very it's just sort of a perfect little movie yeah the visual of you know snow and you know you have mm-hmm. cars driving through the snow there's you know even there's, like somebody being dead yeah. with this like red jacket on in the snow it's, it it just works yeah. it makes sense there's some great shots individual shots mm-hmm. like uh the scene before you see the character scrape his windshield. There's just like this big overhead shot of this big. It's like this, everything is white except for a couple little things, the landscaping and like his car in the mm-hmm. middle of this parking lot. Why he parked? I think the only reason he parked that far away was so they can get that shot. Yes, uh, but it looks it looks good. For a second, you think it's just like a still image, and then you see him like Trudging. start to walk up from the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good yeah. Um, so yeah. That's a good fun, movie. A lot of fun stuff in that one. Again, nothing like Snowpiercer. No, these. I'm trying to think. These might be the two most different I think this movies. Wins. We can usually make a connection, but I think mm-hmm. this is as far apart as Snow is a pretty weak connection between two movies. Yeah, we we just wanted to talk about something yeah. kind of winter themed. <laughs> and uh, so next week is finals, so we're not going to publish an episode, but mm-hmm. we're going to record something with some Christmas movies, and then I'll publish that during break a little bit you know like the week before christmas so that if you need some suggestions i think we're watching uh you had you said a christmas story or oh, no, white, white, white christmas, christmas. watching white christmas which is of course pretty well known yeah and i have one called the preacher's wife which isn't that well known but i think is amazing so we're going to talk about those uh next week it'll be our holiday special yeah we can make it really long we won't, but we could. <laughs> we, we, and, and we might. <laughs> There's always the threat that we'll make a long <laughs> episode. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's about all we have to say. Uh, like or you know, rate the podcast, depending on where you're listening to it. And we will talk to you again over break. Happy holidays. <laughs> that was the movie done.